Hi, my name is Mitra Manesh. I'm a servant. I serve through teaching, coaching, consulting, or any other way that I can find to share what I know with those who want to know. And this Lights On podcast is one of those ways. It was created with consciousness and mindful living in heart. So join us as we travel through many roads of learning and transformation together. And if you enjoy our podcast, please give us feedback by rating us five star and share us with others if you think they may benefit from it. On behalf of my team, I thank you for your presence. This week's episode is about leadership, internal, external, personal, organizational leadership. It's actually um, an interview that Dr. Jonathan Westover, who is a professor and chair of organizational leadership at Utah Valley University, did with me. He's also the um, the p- uh, podcaster of Human Capital Innovations. It was an interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that it serves you. Mitra Manesh, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. You're joining us from LA. I'm here in Utah. Uh, it's a beautiful morning here, and hopefully the weather is, is nice there as well. You know, we're we're in this pandemic and we continue to be in a lockdown condition and uh, people are trying to stay physically and mentally healthy and safe. Um, And as I was, you know, preparing for this episode and as we were sharing, you know, exchanging emails and and sharing um, content and information with each other, I thought, you know, this is a great time and a great topic to focus on leading from the inside out. I know you do a lot of work in this area um, and, and really exploring how this might differ from conventional leadership. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to tapping into your decades of experience uh, and how to be more mindful and, and start with ourselves, uh, and which will then allow us to have a bigger impact as we lead those around us. So that'll be the focus of our conversation today. As we get started, I wanted to share Mitra's bio with everybody. Mitra Manesh is the founder of InnerMap, an innovative new mindfulness app, and the host of Lights On, a podcast offering support for a mindful life. She is a mindfulness thought leader, storyteller, and educator with over three and a half decades of experience helping people of all ages and many different cultures to live, love, and lead more consciously at home and at work. Her work is a blend of Western corporate training and Eastern inner-based practices. The result is a unique approach offering knowledge and wisdom in a practical and empowering way. Her clients range from the everyday people seeking peace at home and work to celebrities seeking balance to institutions and other entities like UC- the UCLA Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, Amazon, Merrill Lynch, Unilever, UCLA, Anderson School of Management, Hugo Boss, and many, many more that I could also list. Beyond mindfulness and corporate work, Mitra has been a human rights commissioner in Ontario, Canada, a commentator and panelist for CBC and Omni TV, and an executive for numerous nonprofit and for-profit entities. Again, what a pleasure to have you joining me today. I really appreciate 
you know, someone with your background and expertise being willing to come on and share that wisdom with all of the listeners um, who are joining us today. Um, Mitra, anything else you would like to add by way of personal background, context, anything like that as we get started and then launch into our conversation? No, I think that was already heavy on the, on the introduction, Jonathan. I think people really get a sense of you through conversations far more than, than background and, and impressive names that we can all drop. But really, my work is its nature is service. I really show up in service. And I was, uh, I mean, you have different titles when you go to organizations, but really I'm a servant. I'm a very good servant. I go in to serve my clients, my students, and whoever that comes across and wants to speak to me. So service is the true reason I do what I do. Well, I love that. And I, 100% buy into and believe in the servant leader kind of an approach and philosophy. Um, I think that leads to a much healthier um, way of interacting with people. And it fundamentally requires us to start with ourselves, as I know uh, you you tend to focus on in your work. Uh, I, I think we, it's an interesting thing because in Western culture, and, and now you know I'm thinking specifically within the US, we're such an individualistic society and we're, we're a society that really promotes and applauds individual accomplishments. And we tend to have this orientation towards leadership as the charismatic, extroverted, outgoing type of person who, who exudes power and influence. And so the name dropping and the, the connections and, and the, the power and influence, all of that becomes the focus not to say that those things can't be important and can't help to drive, you know, positive outcomes for organizations. But in my experience, it's, it's the quiet, contemplative, um, servant-oriented leader who has the biggest long-term sustainable impact on their people, their teams, and their organizations. Uh, and so that's certainly where my, my bias lies. Uh, and that's, the type of leader I try to be. And when I work with organizations as a coach or a consultant, that's, you know, how I try to encourage them um, to, to be, or at least to find ways to adopt elements of it into their own style. Mm, I, I completely agree with you, Jonathan. And I think you really uh, pinpointed a very important part of why we have the kind of leadership that is, uh, I would say, incomplete, to not use a um, judgmental word. I think it's incomplete at its best. And the, the fact that independence is so promoted, uh, and I am all for it. Independence is an amazing state of being after codependency, because as children, we're codependent, right? And if we don't get to independence, that means we haven't fully grown. Where it falls short is that this is not a period, it's a comma. After independence, there comes interdependence, which we haven't gone to fully collectively. I'm sure there are many organizations and many individuals that are aware of that and are in that journey. But it's that's where the problem starts, that when I think independence is the period and that's it, I'm very independent. And then I function, I work, I lead, in that sense of, of independence as opposed to interdependence. So 
that's a perfect point. It's incomplete in, in its nature. It is in interdependency that truly we start to shine, that what we know and the potentiality of our knowing and leadership shows up. When I understand that I am acting and working and serving independently in the context, there's a background to it, in the contents of interdependency. And then that takes us to a completely different level of consciousness internally and productivity externally. I really love that. And you know, I, I think there's there's so much there that we, we should dissect and dive into a little bit more. Let's start by having you explain a little bit about what you mean by leading from the, the inside out. Um, you know, I, I think most people listening are pro- probably can conceive of, of what that general meaning might be, but, but dive in a little bit deeper, explain that for us, and then we can go from there to, to start to parse out some of the elements that you were just discussing. Sure. So anything we do has two aspects to it, anything. So I'm speaking to you with a special tone right now, okay? And then I'm feeling certain way inside of me right now. The further away they are from each other, the less productive and authentic they will be. So if I'm being very nice and gentle and kind and really, you know, sounding at least looking like I'm listening to you, but inside of me, I'm planning my day and I'm thinking, oh, I, I wish this would end soon. Then there is a problem. There is a conflict between my outer and my inner. And closer this outer and inner they are together, the more we will produce, the more we'll connect, the more we will talk about, the more our audience and our listeners will benefit. It's just a very simple formula. So go and take that into leadership. I actually looked at the meaning of, of the in, in dictionary, the word leadership, and it, this is what it said in, in Webster. Coming or ranking first, and the next one is providing direction or guidance. Okay, so if I'm providing direction and guidance, but I'm not guiding myself from the inside, there it is, your conflict. So it's a fascinating area. And when it's so simple, yet so profound, that how I am guiding, what I am saying, what I am suggesting, what I am requesting of you to do as my team member, does that match how I am conducting myself? And I want to really do a PS here because when I say that, the attention of people, especially A-type people who are you know, leading most companies, go to perfectionism. And that's not what I mean. I'm not saying that as a leader, I will never make a mistake and I do not need to learn anything. I just mean that I am present to what's going on in me as I am leading outwardly. And I try to bring them together. So the most important part of our leadership in life, and that's a great statement, huge statement and claim I'm making, is the leadership that we show or we don't show with our relationship with our thinking minds. So if I am completely incapable of managing that, my thinking mind is leading me. I say the most important company in the world is me, Inc. And the question is, who is leading me, Inc.? Mitra, Inc., Jonathan, Inc., whoever, Inc. 
if my thinking frightened mind is leading me and my aware self is in the background, then there is a problem. But if my aware self is leading me and my thinking mind is only one of the team members, one out of many, I would say thousands, but let's say many, then I'm, I'm leading very well and I'm leading from the inside. But if I cannot handle the most important function and company of my life, and I am not being the CEO of being, the aware me is not, then it will be hard for me to be a very effective, sustainable leader in any other ink. Yeah, well, and, and part of the, you know, as I, as I hear you saying that, part of the reason I think that's the case is simply because you can't just neatly separate your individual personal life, family life, and work life, right? They're all intermeshed. And I think we do ourselves a huge disservice when we pretend like you can compartmentalize and segment them out um, because they, they all influence each other. And so if I'm having a lot of turmoil personally, you know, inside myself or in my important relationships in my family, um, that's going to bleed over into how I'm working uh, at the company or how I'm leading my people. It, it just will. There's, there's no way around that. And everyone has their messy lives. We all have good stuff. We all have bad or messy stuff. Um, we're complex individuals. We're in complex people and creatures. And so we have to learn how to practice self-reflection and mindfulness, be connected with who we are, and then allow that to, to drive and direct us rather than having all these external factors constantly pushing us in a particular direction. Why are we behaving this way? Well, because we think everyone expects us to behave this way because society tells us that's the way to behave because that's, you know, that's the mark of success. You, you, I liked that you, you shared the, uh, the, the dictionary definitions, the first definition being, you know, in front being the, the leader. Sure. That's one way of looking at leadership, but there's, you know, ancient wisdom tells us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And so if we're, if we're putting ourselves, um, in a position to, to lead and guide, um, through empowerment and through building up those around us, um, in, a, in essence, we're putting ourselves last because we're, we're not putting ourselves above anyone. In fact, we're putting ourselves in a position of we need to mentor and coach and direct and guide. Um, all of those elements to build up and to, um, to create a dynamic team of, of people that are self-actualized, who are, are, are fulfilling their own personal potential, that through that, that's how we put ourselves first, right? Because then our team is successful, individuals in our team are successful, our team successful, organization successful, we look like a genius, and we are successful as a leader. That can only happen as you put that kind of sustainable effort towards developing your people. And if your first, your first effort and um, attention first and foremost is I need to make myself look good. I need to make sure that I'm on top. Um, usually what that means is we're going to be trying to undermine our competition. We're going to, rather than building up people around us, we're going to be trying to tear people down. So we look better by comparison. And that is not sustainable leadership, even if in the short run, we might be in first place in the lead, because in the long run, we're going to have dysfunctional 
um, relationships, we're going to have an untrusting culture and productivity and innovation will decline. Yes. So, yes, I agree with you completely in everything you said. So the number one thing you said was the home life and work life. Um, and it's fascinating because I do a lot of um, shadowing and executive coaching. So I go with them and see them in different uh, situations when we could go in person. Uh, and now I go virtually. It's very fascinating to me to watch and see executives behaving either completely the same way that they do at home at work or the other way around or completely in reaction to it, so, which both of them means that they're not really using it with awareness. So uh, I'm in charge and say, say even with my job. So I'm an advisor, I'm a counselor, I'm a guidance. Okay. So I go home and I continue doing that. So my child or my partner is telling me something about what happened. I immediately go into fixing and advising mode without really checking and saying, is that what you want? I mean, we have a joke between uh, my kids and myself that if they want an advice, they have to very clearly indicate it. Otherwise, I just listen. I say, oh, really? Mm. Oh, wow. And that's all I do because I'm so programmed to advise that I find myself saying, oh, let me tell you what you need. And all they wanted to do was just to share and be heard. They didn't want the professional Mitra. They wanted the mother Mitra, the lover Mitra, the daughter Mitra, the sister Mitra. And all they want is to just be heard. So really bringing awareness to those roles and not being reactive or the other way around. I have no power at work and I go home and I just make a fuss about everything and, and, and I show anger. In that way, I say you either feel out your emotions or you act out your emotions. And awareness is the connector that allows me to feel out my, my, um, program self, my, the disposition to advise or correct or fix or whatever you want to call it, or my disposition to show the unspoken words that I didn't or couldn't say it at work. And now I'm emptying it on my family members and loved ones. The awareness is extremely important. So that was one point you mentioned. The second point you said was about showing that I'm the leader. There's a beautiful story that actually, um, I should put this story in the app because my story, my, my app is a mindful storytelling. And that's the story of a, of a, a person, I, you know, I'm in Los Angeles, my office is in Beverly Hills. So I get people who every now and then who's who of, of Hollywood to come to me. And he was telling me something very interesting. He's a very uh, famous person in, in the movie industry. And he said, you know what, Mitra? When I first started to get roles, he said, like, I would try hard and I would make sure that, like, people, my friends and people who know me would come to it and see me. He started in theater. And then he said, I got into movies. I would make, like, a small role. I would make a clip of it, watch the reel at between 13.05 and 18.06. I'm going to be there. And then he said, I became famous and I was on Billboard. And then I stopped telling people. And then people told me, oh, we were driving by such and such, or I was in New York and I saw this, and I was in LA and I saw that. And then he said, now people tell me 
that they've seen me and they were, is that happening? Is that true? Is the next movie coming out? And, oh, they say it was so many million dollars. Is that true? And I thought that's the story of us not having to tell anybody we're the leader. We're good at this. We've made it. Because when you have, you know what? You don't need to say it. If you're showing it, you don't need to telling it, be telling it. Because everybody can see. It's so obvious that you don't need to say, you know, I'm a really good leader. You know what I did yesterday? I'm doing this. By the way, this is my company. Like, you don't need to say all of those things. And by the way, the leaders usually are not the people who have the title, in my experience. When I go to boardrooms, I take a note of who is, because I'm a, you know, a silent observer, take a note of the powers in the room. And then I check with whoever I am with and I say, like, who's this person? What is their position? Where is it? And I identify their future leaders that way because you can just smell it, who is talking from the power from within and who's trying to just impress everybody and says all the right words or is frightened to say anything. And that's the true sign of a leader, that when the power comes from within, when you truly have something to share, when you really care about the collective, the interconnectedness and bigger picture of the company or the world, depending on what you're leading. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. Um, I, I'm wondering if you have any specific tips or uh, approaches that we can start practicing today. Like what, what if you had to point just point out like one or two things that I can start doing right now today, anyone listening, they can start to better lead themselves from, from the outs, from the inside out, um, starting with themselves so that they can be, then be better for the people they lead at work or in their home or in their community, wherever. What would those one or two things be? So I'm obsessed with three. Let me just give you three. <laughs> well, the first point is really creating the person, the leader that I want to be. Because, and by that, I don't mean the outwardly look, but I'm talking about what kind of a leader. We usually have a role model in mind or in our memory. I, I always create, so here's, here's I'm giving out my, my secret. I always help my clients to create the avatar of who they want to be in, in their leadership. So who is that person? How does that person speak? How does that person show up in meetings? How does that person lead? So you create that and it's a, it's a skeleton of it. There, there's not a lot of details, but it has a general feel and a general look to it, okay? Inwardly and outwardly. So that's the first step. Then if you are, usually if you're a leader, you're either responsible for a part of an organization or the whole organization. And then I want that avatar of the whole organization to be created. I want to have a company that fill in the blank, or I want to run a department that fill in the blank. And then the third one is so simple that pe most people don't know, don't do it and don't really pay attention to it. And that is that when you have that picture of the company and the person, the leader that you want to be, then everything you say, every decision you make needs to somehow correspond to that avatar, right? And to do that and to unprogram the programmed self that just wants to 
just shoot and say something or make a decision. We need to create a pause between our auto self and our aware self. And that is to take three deep breaths before saying anything, making any decisions, urgent decisions, or anything else that might represent you and, and show you to the world as, as a leader. So, so I have decided that I'll be, a, say, a, um, a good listener, that I will be inclusive, that I would listen to all my team members. Okay. We're in a meeting and my autopilot self says, I'll talk mainly. You guys listen. And if you agree with me, please say something. If not, please be quiet. Well, nobody really has said that to anybody. But if I tell you how many cultures I walk into and I see that and I say, well, you didn't give really any, any room for anybody. She said, look, but I told them they can talk anytime. I said, no, no, no. I know what you told them, but what you're showing them is just like, we're done. I said what I want to say. You don't have anything to back it up. Be quiet. So creating that, I say, okay, who hasn't spoken? Three people only. I'll go around the room. Is there anybody in the room that has anything to do for or against this? You see, now I'm creating a culture for and against this, for and against. I'm giving permission as a leader that you are allowed. Okay, now the person may say something, then I, how I treat them will say whether this culture will continue or not. So if I really argue with you and I say, you know, I don't agree with you and I put you down, then of course you and other people in the room will not do it again next time. Or I say, that's a great idea. Don't agree completely with you. Let's look into it and I'll have, you know, Mitra look into it and, and report next time. So now here I am. I created a new avatar of a leader, a new culture in the company by only taking three breaths and saying, okay, how do I move forward? I want to finish the meeting. I said what I want to say. Oh, I haven't checked if anybody else has any input. And not only the normal input, but but what I want to have healthier input for and against. And that becomes a norm. So first is to create an avatar for yourself. Two is to create an avatar for your department or your company. And three is the implementation by really creating pause. Breath is the most common one. It's the simplest one. Everybody is breathing if they're alive. So you can use breath as a tool and say that, you know, three breaths and then I speak. And that pause becomes the culture, both your personal individual culture and the culture of the company that produces a healthier culture within the company. So that's my three uh, nuggets that I usually uh, use and, and apply to the depending on what the circumstances are and what the culture of the company and the person is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really love that. And I love the idea of pause, um, just making sure that we give other people, the op ourselves and other people, the opportunity uh, to be able to, to make those contributions. Uh, I know that's something I need to work on. And uh, I, I suspect most of us uh, would do well to, to, um, implement some of those those tips that you just shared well mitra it has been a real pleasure talking with you the time has flown by we're almost to the end of our time together but before we close i wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you find out more about what um, you are doing the work that you can do to help them and uh, give any last word on the topic sure the only last words that i have is that when you lead from the inside, your personal life changes and improves 
improves as well as your company. So it's not just for your company. It is also a way of showing up in life. So that was the last thing I wanted to say about that. And to find me, it's my name, mitrabanesh.com. You go there, everything I'm doing alive is there to connect with me and to organize any specific tailor-made training, executive coaching. It's there. I also do personal coaching. And um, to reach and, and download my app, go to App Store. It's very, we made it uh, almost free. It's called Inner Map, and it's a mindful living. It's not a meditation app. It's how to live mindfully, peacefully, and joyfully. And download that app. It's 99 cents a month. And it's hopefully affordable for everybody. And I teach mindful living through stories. And we help you to settle your mind, even if you're not a meditator, by using the science of binaural beats. So you can actually listen to music that settles your mind enough for you to be able to listen to stories and learn and also make changes that you see fit in your life. Well, I love that. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the app, check out other resources that Mitra has at her website, find out more about what she can do to help you and your organization. Uh, I, I, you know, particularly in this day and age of social and political turmoil and pandemic, and, you know, I think mindfulness, mental health generally, but mindfulness more specifically, and, and then having the opportunity to, to, to develop and lead within ourselves first, um, that will increase and enhance our capacity to to lift up others around us and to be a servant leader that can benefit, um, you know, our communities, our homes, our, our workplaces. And I hope everyone can take to heart uh, the, the messages and the wisdom that Mitra has shared with us today. As always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Hope this episode answered the question or two for you or provoked and inspired questions in you. I'm so grateful you showed up and listened up. Until the next time, be well and stay curious.